there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in David, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence, and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud, and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house, and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, in whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me... I shall walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 26 in the ESV. Well, hello and welcome to another Balm in Gilead podcast. I am Grant Baker and uh, sitting across the country where well really kind of smack dab in the middle of it is brian jemerson that's jemerson me. how are you this evening jemerson is doing great that is something interesting i found out about you this past week was that you are a subscriber to uh not the bee and also the babylon bee and um, so i'm very excited about that and discern yes um and i am a babylon bee supporter we have uh, my wife said she saw the same deal you did for mm. Black Friday or whatever, uh, but but we failed to jump on it. Um, but normally we would have done exactly just that. But w- maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah, it was the uh, the Cyber Tuesday uh, or Cyber Monday deal, not the Giving Tuesday. I think I might have done it. Nice. On, I don't. I don't remember. I did it sometime. I was I was thinking about the Giving Tuesday stuff, and so I was like. I want to give them money and they're wanting to give me stuff in return. Yeah. So this would be a perfect time to do it. So yeah, for sure. And we've had people, yeah, we've had people we know like start to look about into stuff like that. Like, Hey, you know, what is a news source that I can support? That's actually like good and not, you know, off the rails. Uh, So um, discern is a good one for that. Go and give them some, give them some of that holiday cash. So, tonight, we're recording from a slightly different location, uh, the kitchen table, uh, in mm-hmm. my case. 
Uh, we're having a little issue with uh, uh, our quality of internet experience. Um, so everybody, please phone your AT&T reps and ask them to fix it. Thank you. Or I just uh, use Google Fi. Google uh, yeah. Yeah, some of us don't have that. We do have fiber, but not Google Fi fiber. But we also don't have Google listening in on our conversation yeah, until I call it. you. <laughs> so, uh, well, hey, show, we're in it. And as Jim would say, uh, and uh, do you have, uh, like, here's the funny thing. I actually have follow-up. I was listening to our show over the past couple of days, actually, and um, there were some things that I said that were probably not quite right or that I would expound on a little bit differently, maybe, but I can't remember what any of them are because I was down. chasing my dog around uh, trying Did you fall to... Did uh, No, not yet, but she's she's a fast runner. And um, I am not. I'm a lazy oaf, and it shows. But we're going to get back in shape. Yeah, so just try not to chase her after you get out of the shower, because then you might fall and break your foot. Are you telling me you've done that? That's oddly specific. No, Joe Biden did that. Oh, he did? Oh, no. Yeah, this is like a couple well, weeks ago, man. Um, I've disconnected from a lot of... <laughs> um... <laughs> I learned about it from Discern. Oh, oh. Tell, do tell. Actually, probably, what is this discern you speak of? I probably actually learned about it from Not the Bee because that definitely sounds more like a Not the Bee. Um, it does. Yeah. So, yeah. Discern, Not the Bee. Adam Ford, our, yeah, pretty much the guy that we always talk about. We, we <laughs> haven't in a while, but there for, for a time there, it was every episode. Yeah, it was. I mean, they're so on point about so many things. Yeah. Um, as far as follow-up goes, the only follow-up that I remember off the top of my head was I was listing off a bunch of people's names of songwriters and I said, Nathan Partain. And then I said, Molly Partain instead of Molly Parton. Um, yeah. Like Dolly Parton, like Dolly, because you said Molly Parton is actually Dolly Parton in disguise. But it was. I did uh, say that. Yeah. These are things we say These are on things Slack. We say on Slack, where you can come and join us. But anyway, at slack.techreformation.com. That, that's the place. <laughs> that's where I go. Or you can download the Slack app and not have to worry about the website, which is also what I do. Um, yes. But Recommend anyway, that's yeah. I, I can't think of any other follow-up i didn't write any write down any follow-up i didn't even think i didn't either i just remember i had some but i my follow-up is that i need to go back and listen and figure out what my follow-up was because i can't remember but there were definitely some things i said wrong if you can believe that and um i can't remember what they were (laughs) that's funny yeah so we couldn't think of any follow-up we couldn't think of an icebreaker either and so uh so instead of an icebreaker we're going to talk about two topics and uh there'll be two main topics but they'll each be slightly smaller than our last couple main topics and so we figured hey we could probably put them all in one episode and the good thing about putting both of these topics into one episode is that this will round out the psalm model 
the from the uh, questionnaire. And so, if you remember, uh, we talked about lament and we talked about praise. Uh, so the kind of the, the lament model does the song address God as God, bring a legitimate grievance to God, rooted in the consequences of sin, and rest in the promises of God. And then um, the praise model is a little bit more in depth. It's does the song exalt and or magnify the person, name, and or word of God for who he is, what he has done, and or what he will do through adoration, blessing, and or thanksgiving? Just a couple and ors in there. But um, the, that thought was, there's a whole lot of different ways you can praise. And we wanted, we didn't want to just kind of make a blanket statement. We also didn't really want to just take one direction. So though they were a pretty good band back in the day. <laughs> one direction, I guess. I don't know. I'll cut that. Mm. Um, and so moving, moving forward, um, we're going to talk about the next two, uh, the next two sections of the, Psalm model. Now it took us two episodes to get through lament and two episodes to get through praise. And so now we're going to do one episode uh-huh. to get through the last two points. So we'll see how that goes, but, um, it'll be fine. We'll be fine. So the next point, point C, as I have it listed is <laughs> petition and supplication. Uh, and those two words are very similar, but have a very specific difference. And we'll get into that. But the question is, does the song appeal to God's omnipotence and request his help through divine intervention or through supplying critical needs from a position of helplessness and humility? So I'm going to read through that uh, one more time. It's a, does the song appeal to God's omnipotence or his, his power, his sovereignty, uh, just the fact that he is in control of everything and request his help through divine intervention or, you know, through uh, means greater than what I can do on my own or through supplying critical needs. So uh, daily bread would fall into that category, you know, things that I uh, need for survival or also through for flourishing uh, from a position of helplessness and humility. So from a position of knowing that I can't do it on my own and, uh, and requesting his help. So those are uh, all uh, qualities of petition and supplication, kind of all rolled up into one. Before we get into the petition and supplication, I am going to read through the call to action question once, and then I will read through it again when we get to it in just a bit. But the call to action, does the song call the listener toward authentic worship of God alone? spreading the fame of God throughout the world and or growing in unity with one another. Um, those are kind of, uh, in, if you were to write that as succinctly as you could, it's through yeah. worship, through evangelism or through fellowship. Uh, you know, we were coming to the psalm model with the lament, praise, petition and supplication and call to action. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have these definitions here of does the song appeal to God's omnipotence? 
request his help through the divine inter- intervention. Is this something that you're pulling from the Psalms themselves, from the rest of the Bible? Like, where where are you where are you pulling these definitions? Sure. Yeah, these definitions largely are um, they're just kind of what I've pieced together through finding trends. And as I'm reading through the Psalms and the rest of Scripture, you know, I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that these trends of petition and of supplication and, uh, and as I kind of look at what is petition, what is supplication, the, their definitions have kind of molded into this particular question. And, um, you know, a lot of it, and we'll get into, uh, some examples here in just a bit, uh, you know, as we're reading the Psalms and then I encourage everyone to do this as you read through the Psalms, Look for patterns, look for, look for trends, look for things that kind of match from Psalm to Psalm, see how the Psalmist approaches certain things. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what, what I did as I was putting this together. You know, I, I see the Psalmist crying out for help. I see the Psalmist coming to the Lord with his need, um, with his request. And, uh, and as I see this, the, the Psalmist will come, uh, in humility or in a position of helplessness because he knows that God is omnipotent. And so that's kind of where I'm coming up with these questions and are these, these, uh, definitions and the, these wordings and things. And that's what it did for lament and for praise as well. And no, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So petition and supplication, these are both churchy words. Uh, when I think of, um, like when I think of like the acts model, when you're, when you're praying, you have, mm-hmm. um, adoration, which is another reason why I chose that word on the last episode. Um, you have, yeah, the adoration confession, confession. thanksgiving, which is another reason why I chose that word and, uh, supplication. Yeah. And another word that I see a lot is petition. And so, kind of just thinking about them from just what, what do I know about a petition? What do I know about supplication or the root word in supplication is supply? Um, you know, just trying to think through these, these words almost etymologically, a petition would be something that you would, um, you would sign you, he signed my petition, uh, you would bring towards someone an authority over you so that they can do something with that authority that you cannot do on your own. So if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to have a library closer to me, there's mm-hmm. a process that you can go where you appeal to the city. You can get petitions signed of other people close to you that want a, uh, a library close to them. And, you could bring that to the library board, which is run by the city, and and you could plead your case to them, and then they could, if they choose to accept it, build a library close to you. So that would be something that you could do. It's a very formal request, um, something that I can't do on my own, that I am appealing to someone higher than me uh, to do something that I would that I would like. And so that is kind of the idea of petition. You know, God is over me. God has more power than I have. There are certain things that I want, certain very good things. For example, um, you know, I want my, uh, just 
I want my neighbor to come to Christ. That's something I can't mm-hmm. do on my own. I can do some mm-hmm. of the work of it. I can, I can be obedient in uh, the commands to, to preach the gospel, but I cannot change the heart of man. So that is right. something that I would appeal to God uh, to do. On the other hand, supplication. Supplication, the root word is supply. And so, uh, so I was thinking to request uh, for my needs to be supplied. You know, if I lack something, then I would uh, need my, uh, my needs supplied. And so that's kind of the root of supplication. Uh, digging deeper into the dictionary definitions of these words, uh, supplication is almost a pleading or begging, uh, whenever it is, when it's used. And if you mm-hmm. think about, I need my absolute daily needs supplied. If I'm in a position where I don't know where my next meal is coming from, I'm going to be in much mm-hmm. more of a place of desperation than if I want a library closer to me. And so, uh, so my, posture is going to be much more pleading. My posture is going to be much in much more desperation and in humility. And, um, as I make that request known, so those are the two different ideas, petition and supplication. They both have kind of different ends. One is, you know, not necessarily something that's important, uh, eternally. It could be, uh, doesn't it doesn't, necessitate that it is whereas supplication is going to be something that I am desperate for uh, that is life changing eternity changing and uh, so those are kind of the the two different ideas the differences between petition and supplication what they both have in common is they are both uh, approaching God in his omnipotence and because he has the power to, to grant, uh, both of these requests and from a position of humility, because I do not have the power to grant these requests for myself. And, uh, so let's take a look at some of the Psalms. If, you, uh, you've got some of these. Yeah. Up. So, uh, one of the first ones is Psalm six and Psalm six is um, the first of seven, uh, some scholars call it uh, penitential psalms, which is not, you know, penitential, showing penance, that sort of thing. I'm curious if that has the same root as petition in any way. The two concepts seem somewhat related, uh, though not completely. Yeah, I think Uh, that the root word is repent. Yeah, it probably is. That would make sense. Um, but uh, as far as petition goes, um, you are still petitioning God to uh, for forgiveness of sins. So it's almost like, mm-hmm. hey, um, uh, you're asking God, you're saying, uh, and, and examples of this are uh, Psalm 6, which I'll read here in a little bit. Psalm 32, Psalm 38, Psalm 51, that's probably the best known example. Uh, Psalm 32, we talked a little bit about last week. Uh, Psalm 102, Psalm 130, which will appear quite a bit tonight. And then Psalm 143 uh, are all these uh, uh, penitential psalms. 
Yeah, and, so, and we talked about the penitential psalms in the lament episode, if you want to go back and yes. listen to our lament episode. Yeah. Voice of Lamentation, I believe, was the, the title of it. Yes, uh, the Voice of Lamentation, um, which I can, I can look up what number that was. but um, so It's 22. I remember because Psalm 22 is a, is a Oh, lament. yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course it was. So uh, asking for forgiveness is another reason that we might petition uh, God. And so Psalm 6 shows us here in verses, the last two verses of the of the psalm, uh, verses 9 and 10. The Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and be put to shame in a moment. And uh, this is coming after the psalmist uh, asked God not to rebuke him, not to uh, discipline him in his wrath, but uh, to be gracious. Uh, so at the end here, he's looking back and saying, the Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer. Uh, so there we can see kind of like um, he has re- made that request, you know, uh, but then has also seen God um, fulfill that request a little bit. Um, not a little bit, quite a bit. Psalm 17, verse 6 also is another example, and that is, I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Uh, Psalm 102, verse 2. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. Um, And that's also another one of those penitential psalms uh, uh, as well. Uh, Psalm 9, verse 13. Be gracious to me, O Lord. See my affliction from those who hate me. O you who lift me up from the gates of death. In all these different examples here where as we, we see the request, the petition is, um, God, hear me, hear my prayer, hear what I'm about to say. Uh, don't hide yourself from me, uh, but make yourself available to me, incline your ear towards me, uh, that kind of language. So it's, yeah. it, it's calling out to God, um, hear my petition. Uh, and that's one way that you can see, oh, that's what we mean when we're talking about. Like, these are different ways that we can petition God. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's something that we kind of talked about in our last episode as well. Um, petition and supplication come before Thanksgiving. So they're kind of like the, not the opposite of Thanksgiving. They're they're a precursor. You, you petition and, and you, um, you petition God, you have supplication to God. And when he answers your prayer, you respond in thanksgiving and in praise. And so uh, petition and supplication are also really tied to lament. Uh, you typically are, are you find these kind of things in a lament psalm, uh, crying out to God for, for help, for mercy, for salvation from his enemies, from, um, yeah, just from the elements, from sin, from... Um, just the brokenness of our world, you know, there's different, different things you can cry out for. And so as you're bringing your grievance to God, which is part of the lament, uh, you often are doing this through petition and supplication. And, uh, 
the end result is that thanksgiving and uh, blessing and adoration and praise. So it all works together. That's one thing that's really beautiful about the Psalms. Absolutely. And so as far as supplication goes, um, I have some verses for that too. Okay. Uh, all right. So Psalm 130 verse 2, um, I told you we'd be returning to this one quite a bit, but, Oh Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive uh, to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Um, this to me, it feels like uh, you were describing kind of like, I don't know, the difference between uh, petitioning the city for a new hmm. uh, library versus uh, kind of like a, a plea for, you know, help in dire straits, you know, something yeah. uh, something has happened. And so here, the psalmist ratchets set up a little bit. Uh, he's asking, you know, please for mercy, um, you, you know, let your ears be attentive to that. Psalm 28, verse 2 Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help, when I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Um, uh, pleas for mercy is a constant refrain in the supplication type psalms, like where you where you see pleas for mercy. It seems to appear in a lot of other ones uh, that we would kind of look at as supplication. Uh, kind of a longer example, Psalm 86, uh, verses 1 through 17, uh, is a great example of kind of the psalm all put together. Uh, and that reads, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant. For to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. There's that plea again. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Um, the song really goes on to describe uh, how God has completely... Uh, reversed uh, these um, these items that the psalmist is crying out to God um, for, yeah. uh, that he's pleading uh, for, um, you know, and it bursts forth in praise and thanksgiving, like we talked about in yeah. the previous couple of weeks at the uh, towards the end. Um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, just listening through this, I'm thinking about Job. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Job, he had everything stripped away from him. And he, you know, was sitting in his ash heap, you know, scraping his the boils on the bottom of his feet with a broken piece of a pot. And he was just a shell of what he once was. Um, 
no material possessions. No, his all of his children were killed, and uh, and he has this. He does have a supplication. You know, he does have this this need. He does have this, this weariness, but he he brings his request almost formally um, as a petition to God. And so I, I just was thinking about that kind of that juxtaposition. This man who's in his dire straits, and he's not just necessarily begging uh, and pleading. He's he's bringing his his petition. He is he has signed his name to it, and he is making his. I forget the the language, but it's very legal legalese. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm I'm just looking at some of these like supplication and petition. They are two different things, but they are so similar, and they often interweave mm-hmm. one another. I am, mm-hmm. I am begging you, but I am also bringing this to you formally because I respect mm-hmm. you as God. Um, yeah, like I think about Psalm six, and I'm gonna pull it up real quick, just because I, yeah. if I remember correctly, there's there's parts of this that are very. Um, that are, are, are very supplication oriented. Um, well, it starts out of Lord rebuke me, not in your anger, nor discipline right. me in your wrath. Yeah. Be gracious to me. O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me. O Lord, for my bones are troubled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I always think of, you know, I'm, I'm weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. My mm-hmm. eye wastes away because of grief, um, and so he's he is a broken man in this particular psalm, but yet he can still bring his plea to the Lord uh, formally. You know, the Lord mm-hmm. has heard my plea; the Lord accepts my prayer, uh, and so I, I don't want to necessarily confuse these two terms and to say. It's either one or the other. They they often are are interweaving with one another, um, but their similarities are, are are how that that works. Both come to God uh, in His omnipotence, in a in a place of humility. Yes. So one more thing I did want to say about this mm-hmm. too. Um, John Piper brought out in an article that he wrote, um, and I I don't know. Um, where this like i don't know where this came from how did he get in here but um he gets, he gets in all the time <laughs> um yes uh, and basically he's talking he he talks about this uh, a, a number of times but even when we don't feel like praising like you were saying in psalm 6 i mean he's at the in the depths of despair there uh, we can still at least go through sort of the motions, um, which helps us get into the right frame of mind. Uh, Richard Baxter, he calls upon, um, uh, you know, Puritan type, right? Um, need a Snopes check on that. But resolve, uh, he wrote this, resolve to spend most of your time in thanksgiving and praising God. If you cannot do it with the joy that you should, yet do it as you can. You have not the power of your comforts, but have you no power over your tongues? Uh, 
Say not that you are unfit for thanks and praises, unless you had a praising heart and were the children of God, for every man, good and bad, is bound to praise God and to be thankful for all that he hath received and to do it as well as he can, rather than leave it undone. Doing it as you can is the way to be able to do it better. Thanksgiving stirreth up thankfulness in the heart. So basically it doesn't mean that it's like hypocritical to you know not feel it you know right that that's that's separate uh what matters is that we were created to praise and that uh we are all given you know a tongue like he says hey you have your tongue don't you start praising and uh that will the rest will follow yeah there's a there's a good song um the band is the alone instrument. It's on one of the Cardiphonia albums. And I believe that the text comes from an Isaac Watts, uh, hymn, or at least the verses do, but they kind of are drawing from Psalm 150 and it says, my mouth does breathe. So my heart concedes. And so, uh, it's always, I was like that line, you know, my mouth breathes. And so I must praise. Because we'll let everything that has breath praise the Lord. My mouth breathes, so my heart concedes. That's a great line. Um, I, I'm sorry, I missed what song that was. I was looking it up here. Do you it's have to a, remember? It's called My Mouth Does Breathe. It's on uh, the Blue and Yellow albums. Um, oh, Songs of the Psalter? Yeah. Oh, there it is. Psalm 150 yeah. uh, featuring the Illumin. Okay. I only listened to Cardiphonia a little bit this last year. I know that's a joke because I was listening to your top songs 2010, 20, yeah. and uh, it was a good album it was. Uh, or playlist or whatever. Yeah, it was a pretty good playlist. <sighs> Speaking okay. of playlists, how did we follow that up? Yeah, <laughs> no, uh, we can talk more about playlists later. Uh, so follow that up. So, um, so yeah, my mouth does breathe by the alone instrument. It's on. The Cardiphonia album, it's called, I think, Songs Songs of the Psalter um, 5.1. I don't know what, and there's 5.1 and 5.2, but I don't know yep. what their 1 through 4 are because they didn't call them by those titles. But anyway, uh, the Alone maybe Instrument. Maybe it's a mystery album that will so. be released later. Maybe so. Or secret yeah. tracks. The, the album covers Psalms 135 to 150. It's got some really, really great stuff on it. Um, but anyway, you would know you listen to a few songs. Yes, I do. I listened to Cardiphonia quite a bit and in like four episodes from now or whenever it is, we're going to get into, um, talking about my Salter playlist and, uh, oh, nice. we'll talk a lot about that. Yeah. Um, I've been looking forward to it. been doing some more work on it this past week. Just really enjoying listening to it. So, Oh, yeah. I'll have to check it out again then. Yeah, well, it's, I'll send you the link. Um, okay. So anyway, so that is petition and supplication. And so we're going to get into call to action. Now, I'm going to read through that question again. Uh, call to action. Does the song call the listener toward authentic worship of God alone, spreading the fame of God throughout the world, and or growing in unity with one another? Um, 
when I talk about authentic worship of God alone, this is more than just praise. It's more than just singing. It's uh, it's full and complete worship uh, that uh, includes you know includes things like work. It includes things like um, the reading of scripture um, and even the other two items on the list: the spreading the fame of God and growing in unity with one another. All of that fall under worship, but the subject and the object of that worship is God and God alone. And that's kind of the important part of that particular question. Um, spreading the fame of God throughout the world. Um, that's kind of this, this kind of churchy idea of, you know, the exalting and magnifying, you know, getting the name or the fame of God, um, seen and heard throughout the world. And so doing kind of following the great commission and, uh, and taking the the reputation of God along with you. Then uh, growing in unity with one another. Uh, it's kind of the idea of fellowship or discipleship, and uh, specifically um, through peace. So not growing, uh, not growing together with some of the church while also alienating others. It's it's growing together in unity with one another, with everyone. Does that mean I have to love the brother who is always putting me down? Yeah, because when we live together in unity, it's it's like the oil flowing down the beard of Aaron and onto his robes and onto the street. We'll get there. Okay. Um, anyway... So these ideas and calls to action, you could throw a rock at any psalm and you're going to find the call to action. Like this is, this is something that is incredibly prevalent in the psalms. Um, endemic, one might say. Endemic, possibly. And so this is something I'm not going to spend too much time on trying to convince you that there are calls to action in the psalms because the Psalter actually begins with a call to worship and a call to, to be, uh, to be blessed by God and a call to, uh, to read and meditate on his word. And so I'm going to read through Psalm one, uh, real quick. And we have a lot of Psalms listed that we're going to read. And I am just going to pick whatever order I feel like reading them in, in the moment, just to throw you off grant. Uh, so blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. You may ask, I don't see a call to worship in there. I don't see any sort of call to action. I don't see someone, I don't see, like in Psalm 103, where it says over and over again, bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. You know, I don't, I don't see this command, but it's there. And I and I chose this one because I I find it I find it interesting. Um, 
you read this and you're like, of course I want to be blessed. Of course I want to, to be blessed by God. So what must I do to be blessed by God? You know, I must uh, walk not in the counsel of the wicked. I must not stand in the way of sinners. I must not sit in the seat of scoffers. Therefore, this psalm is calling me to instead be a tree planted by streams of water. It's calling me to delight in the law of the Lord and meditate on it day and night. And so those calls are there. Um, it's just more subtle. And so I wanted to, to kind of point out another uh, couple psalms that have a more subtle uh, subtle call. Uh, psalm 133, which I hinted at earlier. Uh, Behold, how good and pleasant it is when we dwell in unity, or when, when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Um, I've really kind of grown attached to this particular psalm, not just because Chick-fil-A is allowing beards in 2021. What? Oh my word. You've already started. You've already started. <laughs> I'm not going to have my Crowder beard. That's not allowed. Is this your life psalm? This, this is not my life psalm. It might be David's life psalm, or at least his church software psalm. But um, this, it, it's, it's one, it's kind of weird. It's got this weird image that it's hard to understand in our culture because of the idea of the oil running on the head. What is this all about? Well, this oil is the anointing oil, anointing Aaron to become the, the chief priest and to... Uh, to be the first in a long line of, of priests who stand with their brothers and who um, intercede between their brothers and, and God and, uh, and really to, to draw the entire people together to praise the Lord and to, to worship him rightly. And so we have this idea of dwelling together in unity and the, the end goal of this unity is to, um, to, uh, to become closer to God. And uh, the dew of Hermon, which falls in the, mount, the mountains of Zion, you know, this is, there's some imagery there uh, about what Zion is, what, what that represents, uh, especially when you think of the, the throne of grace and of the covenant of grace. Uh, but the dew of Hermon that falls all over it, it's not just centrally located it, it will be vastly spread and so we kind of have this, this idea of um, you know our unity needs to not only be centrally located it needs to spread abroad it needs to represent the gospel uh, it's just it's a beautiful psalm it's very short but it's it's a very beautiful psalm yeah uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, explain that a little bit better um, because yeah, you're like, what does you know, robes and oil have to do with people dwelling together? I don't get it. Yeah, but appreciate uh, that. Yeah. And then in uh, on Psalm 67, it says, uh, "May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make His face to shine upon us, Selah, that Your way." 
may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Uh, I, I chose this one because this is a praise psalm, but it's also, it brings a petition. So this is a petition from praise, not from lament. Um, just to tie both of our categories together. Uh, this is, it's calling the peoples to praise God. These are the peoples that aren't within the covenant. This is let the nations be glad. You know, this is the people outside of the covenant. We're calling them in. We're calling for God to change the hearts of the peoples of the world so that they can follow him so that the, um, so that the Abrahamic covenant can be fulfilled so that all the peoples of the earth can be blessed through Abraham. And, uh, and there's some subtle things in this as well. If the peoples are going to praise God, then one, uh, I must raise my petition to God to, to do more than what I can do on my own. But also, as Romans 10 says, you know, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. We must empower our brothers to bring the good news to the peoples because, uh, you know, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. And so, uh, uh, as we believe that all scripture is telling the same story, we can look at this psalm and interpret it through the lens of Romans 10. And uh, I just think it's it's really beautiful missional psalm. Uh, you don't get a lot you don't get a lot of missions in the Old Testament, but what you do get is is very it's very uh, rich and beautiful. Absolutely, and I think I mentioned this before, but. Uh, we sang this psalm in college. There was a um, one of the music staff w- actually wrote a piece for uh, this Psalm 67, and it turned out really, really well. Um, but um, anyway, <laughs> enough about that. Uh, something that's really interesting to me about it Especially, uh, first of all, I appreciate that you brought out like, hey, there's not only a petition here, there's also that call to action. Um, but uh, to what end are these people being called to praise? And it's so that let all the people praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God, in verse 3. Let all the peoples praise you. And then let all the nations be glad and sing for joy. So um, we are definitely looking forward to uh, people all around uh, the world um, being brought in to uh, praise uh, the Lord because uh, we are, you know, it's a great call to action like you were mentioning. Um, and a very mission-oriented, like uh, after this, you know, uh, taking this in, believing it, boy, now you want to go and uh, take it, uh, yeah. take it out to the to the nations. Yeah, one of the one of the more interesting calls to worship um, is in 103, Psalm 103. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 and then jump down to verse 20 through 22. 
So this is the beginning and the end of this psalm. And we've talked about this psalm before, but um, it's always it's always a good one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And then, uh, bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works, and all the places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, so this is calling myself to action, uh, but it is also calling the angels to action. And uh, and it's in verse 22, bless the Lord, all his works, and all the places of his dominion. And so I'm, I'm uh, praising his his works as well in, in that. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting as well. Um, Psalm 150, I didn't write this one down, but let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Uh, some interpret that one through the lens of Mark 16 uh, to mean, you know, let all the creatures, not just, not just the people, but let all creatures with breath praise the Lord uh, similar to like a Psalm 119, the heavens declare the glory of God. You know, the, the creatures on the earth can also declare the glory of God because God created them and because they are good. So that's a, that was jumping all over the place all and all in once. But uh, as I said, if we believe that all scripture is telling the same story, we can, we can look to see those connections. Absolutely. Just one other final call to worship or call to uh, action that we wanted to share is in Psalm 135. It says, praise the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Give praise, O servants of the Lord, who stand in the house of the Lord, in the courts of the house of our God. Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his possession. So this one is a more classic uh, call to action, call to worship. Um, and if you remember from our uh, from our praise episode, we are praising God for who He is and for what He has done, and, uh, and that is one of the the marks of of a praise. Very good. Yeah, uh, those first four verses there. Again, um, you're you're praising the name of the Lord. Uh, give praise, who O oh, servants of the Lord, um, and specifically the ones who stand in the house of the Lord, um, and uh, on and on uh, it on it goes. Uh, so James Montgomery Boyce, he was uh, one of the he, he was the lead pastor for well until he died, uh, Penth Presbyterian Church there in. Um, East Coast, mm-hmm. somewhere like Pennsylvania, I think. Um, but he wrote a commentary on the Psalms, and about uh, Psalm one thirty five, he wrote. Um, he, he first of all noted that um, the uh, songs of ascent, which come right before mm-hmm. this, uh, Psalm one twenty to one thirty four are, you know, what the Jewish pilgrims might be singing on their way to Jerusalem, uh, things like that. But then Psalm 135 kicks off kind of that last section of the Psalter. Mm-hmm. And 
the and it, and it is all uh, like the stops are pulled out and you know, all stops are pulled and it's like praise the lord uh quite a bit that actually occurs um seven times in this psalm uh psalm 135 and it all starts with this the what he calls an invocation uh he, is the call to worship um and sp- he he says specifically they call on those who serve god in his temple to lead the way in worship these verses closely echo the words with which the previous psalm uh which the previous psalm also uh, began um so psalm 134 but he also says see psalm 113 verse 1 praise the lord praise O servants of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord is that particular one as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that highlights, if you're a music minister, that highlights sort of the importance of your task, um, not just a music minister, but in general evangelical worship today, the music worship is usually what kicks off kind of like the, the, the worship service a lot of times. Um, now, I say that with a huge rock of salt in my hand because really God is the one who calls us to worship, right? God is the one who calls us to worship. Um, we are then respond to him. Um, and a lot of times it is the music that's leading us in that. Um, and so somewhat, <laughs> so which basically negates everything I said previously, but that's, that's why we do this, right? That's true. Um, so what uh, James Boyce is saying here is that the uh, that they verses like here are specifically calling on those leading the worship to um, to call the others to praise the Lord. And where is that call coming from? It's not from them. It's not us going to God and saying, "Okay, we're ready to praise you." It is actually God. Um, I, I I think this is really important to point out is that these, this is the inspired word of God. It's not us saying this. It's actually God who calls us to worship. And um, so if you're a minister of any, you know, any kind in the church who is involved in bringing others to worship, uh, this is definitely a great psalm to remind you of uh, the importance of that role. Yeah, absolutely. And that, which is also why it's so important that our songs that we do sing in church reflect the scripture so much. You know, we, you know, you and I have, have talked a lot. Um, I, I do think that it is permissible and even encouraged for people to write their own new songs to the Lord. And, um, but as this podcast is about, you know, those, there are parameters that, that don't need to be, uh, that don't need to be ignored. And so many songs do, but if hence you the soul model, right. Hence the psalm model. This is why we've come up with this idea of the psalm model. And again, and I've said this, I've said this before, this is not secret knowledge. This isn't something that if you don't know this, this, you know, these, four questions about the psalm model. If you don't follow these to a T, then you aren't writing real music. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that, um, that you have to know 
these exact words. What I'm saying is we've read this, we've been reading through the Psalms. We've been trying to dedicate ourselves to that. And we've noticed these trends. We've noticed uh, things that pop up time and time again. And, and so when we see them, we take note and we say, our songs should have these same things because, you know, the, the Psalter is divinely inspired. You know, God wrote these songs for us to sing to him. And, uh, and if, why would God write music for us so that we could sing to him unless that was an authorized way to, to worship him, which we know that he, he does. God wants to be worshiped a certain way. And so when our music, the, our, our new songs, when they reflect these, um, these trends, these, these patterns that, that we know to be authorized worship, those they should be drawing us back to scripture they should be drawing us back to god's own words and so when we lead worship we are leading with god's own words because that's how he prescribes to be worshiped and so yeah oh praise the lord praise the name of the lord give praise O servants of the lord who stand in the house of the lord in the courts of the house of god praise the lord for the Lord is good. Sing to his name, for it is pleasant. For the Lord has chosen Jacob for himself, Israel as his own possession. You know, our songs need to reflect that. And uh, and if they don't, we just we really need to ask those questions. Why don't they? If you want to write music for the church, but they don't reflect the Psalms, you need to say, why don't they? Why why do you think that your songs are better than the Psalms? Why would you choose a song that doesn't reflect the Psalms at all when you could, when you could sing a Psalm? Um, you know, I, I think there are reasons to choose songs that aren't Psalms, um, but they need to reflect the Psalms. And so that's, that's where, that's where I am now. I think by episode 119, part 17, we'll probably both be exclusive psalmody. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've talked about that before. Um, uh, who knows? I don't know. I mean, the more you think about it, the more you look at uh, at scripture, the more you think about, like, what are the implications of the regular principle of worship? Yeah, you know, the more we consider, like, what God wants from us in worship, and the more of what we ought to be bringing to Him in worship, the more you just begin to wonder um, how much that extends to the psalms that we sing, uh, the songs that we sing. Um, but as you said right now, where um, you are where I am, as far as I know, um, we just want the songs that we sing in church to better reflect the scripture mm -hmm. that we read. Yeah. And that's about as simple as it is. Yeah. Uh, as it gets. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever get actually exclusive psalmody in the way that, that David, <clears throat> in the way that David is, in that he he believes more or less that to sing anything other than a psalm is non-prescribed and therefore um, is sinful, just like Nadab and Abihu 
brought unauthorized fire to the Lord and were consumed by it. Um, I don't know if I'll ever get to that point, um, but I want to be open to it at least. I don't want to just close it off because I don't like it. Um, but I will say that where I am now, I think is more of a PP, uh, Psalms preferred. <laughs> I like that. That's a new designation. So, uh, so one step closer, almost there. So yep. before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? This will probably be our shortest non-special episode that we've ever done. Uh, but it's also, I would encourage you all to go to church. <laughs> go to church. Uh, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's made tougher during this time. Although, you know, Hey, if you're sick, stay home. Uh, if you think you might be sick, stay home. Um, and thankfully you're able to, uh, worship in private, um, with, uh, with, with at least tuning into maybe a church, your church's, uh, live stream. But, um, Go listen to what they have to say, um, but remember that we are going to work, going to church in order to worship God, and it's God Himself who calls us to that. Yes, and also keep in mind that neither Grant nor I were ordained, and so come Sunday, your butt better be in a pew. I knew you were going there, and I loved it. I was like, yes, yes. Um, speaking of which, uh, one further recommendation. If you haven't checked out Les's of Les and Tanner's, uh, the Reformed podcast, um, Les has a new poet podcast now and called Gospel Riot. And uh, check it out. See what you think. Um, I've liked what I've heard so far for the most part. Uh, and I miss Tanner, but it's nice to hear Les's voice. Yeah, and uh, I guess one final um recommendation as well for me and i'm going to pull this up because i don't remember the exact title but i stumbled upon a podcast this week uh called if songs could preach and uh, oh yeah you shared that with me yeah it was it was pretty interesting it's uh the he takes music or takes songs and looks at their lyrics and kind of says what sermon is this song preaching now he has particularly uh, been very careful with his song selection, such that they're all like either old old hymns or um, sovereign grace music stuff like that. So it's all fairly solid theologically stuff. So it's not a he's not trying to figure out what is Bethel trying to preach. He's 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 not done any of that. So I'm. It's, it's pretty We're good. staying tuned. I think it's mostly uh, folks on, hey, this is the right stuff. Yeah, so he's he's picking some good songs. Um, so if you you know want to listen to to that, that's, that's another another good one. So yeah, that's uh, all. This is a reminder that if you like the Baltimore Gilead, please do uh, recommend it, mm-hmm. and on whatever platform you're on, Spotify for instance, or we are there. Uh, we're also on Pandora, believe it or not, as well as all the normal ones like iTunes and uh, my favorite, Overcast, uh, Pocket Cast. I'm sure we're there too. Um, probably. 
Probably. Right? I don't know. You can go look later. <laughs> we used to uh we used to obsess a lot about um what I what Apple was saying was a related podcast, but I haven't even pulled us up on Apple in a really long time. I think we still only have two reviews there because I've been listening to podcasts through um through Spotify mostly, except for flogging, which isn't on there. Get on there, guys. What? How is that even possible? Maybe I'll create a we should just submit their podcast for them. As for them. Yeah. Yeah. They're the only podcast the to don't listen to on Spotify because they're not on there. Unless I'm just blind and can't find it by typing in flogging. But I found flogging Molly. Flogging Molly? It's like a uh, band. Oh. Okay. I didn't know if it was, uh, you know, the character that they... Uh, that's Maggie. Pull up. Maggie, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Hellcat. That's Hellcat Maggie. Yeah. Anyway, anyway we're getting off Don't base. know what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we have all this time. Cut all that, too. And no more, nothing else to talk about. Yeah. Anyway. I tell you, I'm just exhausted. It's been a long it's... couple of weeks. Oh, okay. I just pulled up who we're compared to. Number one, some Catholic dude, the Bible in a year with Friar or Father Mike Schmitz. That's better than Joel Osteen, which is what normal Oh, he's number three. He's number three. Yeah. Okay. The Bible recap from the D group. I don't know who they are or what they are. Joel Osteen is uh, number three. The Bible Project podcast is number four. They've kind of fallen more into some weird stuff. Yeah, I stopped listening a long time ago. Um, they, uh, yeah, they're definitely not reformed, um, but they they feel to me like very N.T. Wrightish, like going yeah, off on a very uh, a modern academic approach. Uh, so is... trying to pull in a lot of Jewish scholars. Adler, you know, is a very famous one, um, whose stuff, from all I can tell, is like worth reading at least as a Christian. Um, but the point is that they like. I feel like they're trying to do too much with that, um, that kind of th- kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, whoa, that's a good podcast by Sadie Robertson. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, um, but it's about meaningful conversations with authors, athletes, musicians, speakers, and stars of film and television in search of the answer to just one question. She's the daughter of Doc Dynasty. Whoa, sorry. She's the daughter from Duck Dynasty, real-time follow-up from Ooh. my wife. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the podcast that Spotify is trying to get me to listen to is Doxology and Theology, which okay. I've listened to some of that. It's it's like uh, it's kind of like TED Talks, but for worship. I think Sandra McCracken had an episode. Uh, real Questions, uh, Understanding and Applying the Bible, Compass Bible Church. Don't know that one. The Westminster Shorter Catechism, read mm-hmm. by Sinclair B. Ferguson. Uh, Ask Ligonier, uh, Preacher Talk by Nine Marks, G3 Ministries, Sovereign Grace Music, mm-hmm. and then uh, Pastor Talks by Nine Marks. I would say yeah. much more solid. All of those are ones that are in my recommended, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Although I don't know who this Compass Bible Church is. They could be, you know. They could be the oddball out. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
All right. Um, one more recommendation. If you haven't read it, uh, Chris Fabry wrote a wonderful, delightful little book in 1996 called Away with the Major. And uh, it's all about a small town who uh, is wrapped up in the war on Christmas. And the, the good Christian folk of, of uh, the town there want to have a manger scene. And the uh, local atheists against manger mangers um want to stop it from happening and uh so it's actually really funny um it's really interesting and uh i might recommend that okay oh and my wife more real-time follow-up she keeps asking me to mute she should just come on but she just is like and highly politically accurate a uh, political uh, highly politically incorrect yes yes Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so I don't know how much of that you want to really keep, but or maybe we just cut that, move it to the beginning, and call it our icebreaker recommendations was, from Brian Grant. I was thinking instead of icebreaker, we could call it the nightcap. <clears throat> I love it. <laughs> yeah. So the nightcap is when we finish early and we just ramble for a while. It's all off oh the cuff goodness. and it's all good stuff. Yeah. We just talk about whatever. Yes. Sounds, um, sounds good to me. No, nowhere in the book, I, I'm very displeased to say that nowhere in the book, Away with the Manger, does anyone question the legitimacy of having a, uh, a uh, manger scene from a Christian perspective. It's only covered from the atheist perspective, which is, which is too bad. But um, Yeah, well, also it doesn't cover it from the exclusive psalmody perspective. Right. Which, I'm very disappointed. Which, which would have an empty manger. Right. That's what I'm trying to get around to. That that perspective is not considered at all. Yeah. Um and, all right. Yeah. 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 So we made it well past an episode. Um <laughs> Thanks for sticking with us if you're still here. If you're still here. <laughs> if you are still here, then uh yeah, I'll just do a quick recap. We talked about uh, <laughs> petition. We talked about supplication. We talked about call to action. And so I will end uh, with another call to worship. And that is, come and worship. Come and worship. Worship Christ, the newborn King. There is a long in the to make the wounded whole. There is balm in the eye to heal the sin-sick soul. To never feel discouraged, for Jesus is your friend. And if you like 
you for listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at theres at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback, so rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast.